0: Previously on YubCast... I am ready to roll. Oh no, I rolled a one. Shit. Um, I'll text you the roll, but I just rolled a <laughs> one. Which means our next episode is an Ewoks episode. <laughs> <And we'll> be... <laughs> Damn you, Chance Cube. Damn you. And now the conclusion.
1: Yum-nub, eat out the yum-nub to be
2: chicken. Hello, and welcome to Yubcast, your Star Wars cartoon podcast. My name's Jamie, and I'm choking on my aspirations.
0: And my name is Matt, and there are never more than 12 episodes of Ewoks per season. <laughs> very nice, very timely. Not like uh, us
2: releasing this, which... Um, uh, it's funny we actually recorded this one back in two thousand eighteen. Did we even know Andor was going to be a thing back then? We did.
0: Um, or it was announced in two thousand eighteen. Andor was announced four years before its release. And That's when it was. It was the very first Star Wars live action thing that was announced. Um, and I don't know the sixth one that was released. I don't know. But yeah,
2: would have. No idea back back then that it was probably going to be the
0: best Star Wars that Disney has put out. Yeah, not not a very controversial statement, honestly. But uh, it's we're yeah. So we should probably get into it. Um, we are just give a quick quick summary of what we're doing since we haven't recorded in a couple of weeks, just due to my bullshit schedule and camping and stuff. But um, my bullshit schedule and, and your camping, I should say. But um. This week, we're in the last episode. I rolled a one on the D20. So this week, we're doing an Ewoks episode, but it's also early November, and so we're in the swing of Andor.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, this will obviously be posted several weeks later, but we're in the swing of Andor right now. So that explains my quote and our discussion of Andor at the top. But as you alluded to, years ago when we first started this podcast, we did record. A review of this episode that we never posted yes we actually got through the first season because yeah. uh
2: we, we got to the second season where they changed a bunch of stuff and we're like what the what the hell's going on but we're going to pretend that we don't know that they did that
0: right and i don't remember recording those episodes and so it's all new to me um i know you said you went back and actually found the original audio and and took some stuff from it but yeah it's, um, a,
2: it's actually in the google drive
0: oh awesome so i can find it too yeah but yeah, it's the, we'll call those the lost episodes. We'll, <laughs> we'll release those on like the uh, special Blu-ray Doctor Who lost season um, edition of your cast someday in the future when we're rich and famous and hire yeah. someone to go back and clean up our Google Drive.
2: Yes, uh, yes, those episodes aren't really canon. We'll just pretend they don't <laughs> exist, like Highlanders <laughs> Yeah. <laughs>
0: Yeah, and there's non-canon Yubcast out there, <laughs> <laughs> which is actually a good segue because Ewoks is not a canon property. Considering no. like a high capital C canon, right? These yeah. are This is a this is Care Bears in space.
2: Yeah, yeah. It was actually uh, interesting going back to it, watching it on Disney Plus versus on Thal Jovin's, uh Star Wars channel, or, sorry, YouTube channel, because before it, Disney Plus came along and uh, released droids and ewoks we had to watch all of these on youtube via a saint named Sal
0: jobin his channel still exists i checked
2: yeah i know I, I was actually looking at it to double check the that if the uh what i thought was episode one was actually episode one
0: before we get into it do you want to talk about any star wars you've done the past couple of weeks none whatsoever
2: other than watching andor i have not done jack squat with star wars just been not too busy. Just um, I don't know, just doing stuff. I technically I did re-listen to the um, Rise of Skywalker uh, novelization again, and it's it's pretty good. There was some stuff that was kind of you no. Know, I wanted to bring up to you, but then I forgot, and now it's just like eh, I don't I don't care. That, um, but it, it holds up. It it helps um it helps that movie a bunch that. Being able to look back now, yeah, there definitely was some stuff that I'm just kind of like, now that I can look um, look at it without like the stars in my eyes, that I'm just kind of like, yeah, I don't know why they did that.
0: But I, yeah, I enjoyed- I'll say for that movie, when I left the theater, I was pretty high on the fact I sat through another couple hours of star- brand new Star Wars. But there were things in that movie when they happened or I'll call them Jar Jar moments. Like when in 1999 or whatever, I was sitting in the theater and be like, why did they choose to make this character like this? Yeah. Right. But still walking out being like, wow, that was, that was a lot of good star Wars. Yeah. And there was a lot of things. There are a couple of things in that movie where it was just like, I wouldn't have done that. When yeah. Why did they do that?
2: Yeah. I think the pretty much everything to do with Leia Which granted. They were kind of like stuck. But um, that, and then all of a sudden, like they pretty much just rewrote Poe's backstory. So that he, yeah, I know you, I know you hated, hated that. Yeah, aspect in fact, of it. Yeah, I, we um, a while ago I was making a list in our in our chat of like all the things that they've like retconned uh, in in Star Wars that really just like sticks in my craw but yeah but anyways
0: other than that that's all I've been doing how about you that comment <laughs> reminded me of that conversation we were having over text where you're listing out the continuity errors and you had made that list because we had just watched Tales of the Jedi mm-hmm. which is the other thing that we've done since last time we recorded is is watch Tales of the Jedi and so we should probably transition we're obviously going to do episodes about Tales of the Jedi so we don't talk too much about it but as far as my Star Wars stuff is concerned, I also have had a very light Star Wars time. We've been working very hard to get the house listed um, for sale. It's been a very stressful, very busy time. And it's getting close to holidays, end of year, all that nonsense. My parents were visiting and blah, blah, blah. i just been completely fucking swamped. Yeah. No, so, yeah, I don't even remember last time we visited.
2: Last time we visited, but, or last time we recorded, but yeah, my my family came in and we went on vacation, and then been trying to get my son um, um, to the uh, next rank in Boy Scouts before the Court of Honor, and so uh, he's officially a First Class for all of you who listen who are familiar with Boy Scouts.
0: So um, that's pretty exciting. Yeah, well, congratulations about that. That was really cool to hear about. And how close how how close he will be to leveling up again mm-hmm. um, soon? Um, but yeah, the one thing that I did that was Star Wars Z that was just like selfishly Star Wars Z is um, I was sort of organizing my star my office corner in the basement, and I got all of my R two parts out, laid them out on my desk, like made a little inventory of them and put them back in the boxes in logical order and it made me really excited for the winter when, when we get snowed in it's like I'm going to start wiring R2 and I brought all of my tools over that I bought for R2 because I still have a bunch of tools in the old garage of the old house so and I got all my tools not just for R2 but all of like the hand tools I have there Brought them over to the house and then reorganized the tools, so I have all my R2 tools in my desk area. And so, I'm really looking forward to doing some work on my one-to-one replica of R2 this this winter.
2: Yeah, put a uh, snow uh, put a snow shovel on him and uh, send him out there
0: when it uh, when it gets really bad. Yeah, that's a good idea. Put a flamethrower on him, he'll <laughs> <laughs> <It'll> be faster. <laughs> and you can probably actually wire that. Yeah. It's probably not strong enough. Probably not strong enough to push snow around. <laughs> It'd Be one of those great, great moments where like the police show up just to just to see it, yeah. not to write you a ticket. <laughs> <laughs> so Halloween, um, I don't know if I told you the story, but I may or may not take this out of the episode. But around Halloween, my mother was in town, and I um, don't get to see her very often. And there was a, there's a neighborhood event called Hops Hop. It's basically a beer crawl from backyard to backyard. And half a dozen houses sign up and like 50 neighborhood people go backyard to backyard drinking beer provided by the host house. And so I thought it would be fun. I was like, well, we're, we just moved to this new section of town and we're right in the middle of Hops Hop. Let's do one, right? And I'm a beer guy. And so I went out and got a ton of beer. We signed up for a stop and about 50 to 80 people showed up. We had a really popular stop because we had hired the local Irish band to play an acoustic set in our backyard because my mother's Irish and loves Ireland and it was sort of a gift to her. It's like, here's a the local Irish band. Um, and we have a noise ordinance in our city that goes into effect at 11 on a Friday night. And this was a Friday night. And um, they started playing at 9. They're going to play from 9 to 10.30. And they were acoustic. And we're in a corner house. And our backyard faces the corner, which is basically vacant. They played one song. And then our friend walked up and said, um, someone called the police. And I was like, what are you talking about? And she's the wife of a local police officer, and her husband had texted her saying that a noise complaint had been filed against me um, for having music in the backyard, and that the police were coming. You <laughs> know, and, and I was like, for a guy with a drum and an acoustic guitar in a backyard, like one of those like Irish drums that like lay on your lap that you hit with like your knuckles, mm-hmm. right? You hit with like a piece of wood over your knuckles. I can't remember what they're called right now. But the joke is, is that the, the police officer on duty, his wife and children, were at the party. <laughs> <laughs> and, so, and so he shows up. So he shows up and he's, he's, he walks into the backyard and he's like all, all in his gear. He's all like geared up. The back gate is just wide open and there's maybe 60 people in the backyard. There's a fire pit happening and very quiet music, and he walks around and he says, I can't hear it from the street, and he leaves after he says hi to his wife, and the band, the drummer in the band is one of his best friends. Um, (laughs) (laughs) It's about as good as it could have gone for me, you know? Yeah. And I, I I'm, a, I'm friends with this guy too. Like we go hiking all the time, and our kids are really, our kids are basically best friends. We went hiking today out in um, Fort Washington, um, and I was texting with him right before we started recording because there's because of the incident we we're talking about earlier. Mm-hmm. That I will, I will delete any mention to that. But uh, yeah. So this guy shows up, but it turns out the noise complaint wasn't against us there was a second party on that block (laughs) (laughs) because when he left, he got in his squad car and he was driving up the street and there were like a bunch of kids at an apartment complex at the end of the block with like a huge sound system in the parking lot, blasting music. And he's like, Oh, (laughs) he's like they said corner of whatever my street is. And he knew that the party was happening and that we live on the corner that there was a noise complaint and he assumed it was our house (laughs) (laughs) but it was it was the house on the other corner (laughs) so anyway
2: yeah like um last oh it must have been last last halloween um my um my wife's former neighborhood bestie who who went insane because of covid um uh, like her neighbors, like decided, like have their um, their band play uh, Halloween, and that just like drove her up the fucking wall. It's like we we were pretty close; we couldn't hear them, but just the 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 idea that these people ha- would have the nerve to have their garage band play loudly during Halloween—it was just kind of like uh, it was kind of. And nice, just because this is like, because she's gone full bananas. on that she would just get like her feathers ruffled by people having fun.
0: Was she one of the ones who went crazy because of COVID? Yeah,
2: yeah. I, I think she always had a little something going on, and then COVID just gave her the excuse to uh, to go full
0: full uh... full bullshit crazy, batshit crazy. All right. Well, that's a fun, that's a bunch of fun anecdotes. So if you're ever in my neighborhood, which I won't tell you what it is, dear listener, around Halloween, you can come to Hopsop at my house if you can figure out where to get there and get a free beer. <laughs> um, we'll have an Irish band, maybe. <laughs> All right. Do you want to move on? No, but yeah. No. Okay. <laughs> All right. So as we discussed at the beginning of the recording, um, we're doing we're, we're doing our Clone Wars review episodes, but at the end of every episode, to make it, to gamify it, I rolled a d20, and last time I rolled a one. Whenever we roll, roll a one, we have to go back and review an Ewoks episode that we actually recorded a long time ago, but never published. Um, so that's where we're at. So we started at the very beginning, we recorded season one, episode one. Um, the Cries of the Trees, which originally aired on September 7th, uh, 1987. Sorry, 1985. September 7th, 1985. These are... These were co-produced um, or produced at the same time as the Droids cartoons, and they appeared on the Tony Dan's and Mary Lou Retton Family Fun Fitness Hour um, on Saturday mornings. Um... I used to have that clip someplace. Damn, do I still have it? <laughs> Probably I can drop it in later.
1: Welcome to the ABC Saturday Sneak Peek and Fun Fit Test. And here's your host, former Golden Glover and star of Who's the Boss, Mr. Tony Danza.
2: Tony Danza, I see one of those um, people who's kind of uh, washed up a little bit so they've gone kind of full
0: right-wing crazy. Probably. I was, that's a good bet. Um, like a Dean Cain sort of. Yeah. Or Kevin Sorbo. <laughs> <laughs> hey, now let's let's not insult Tony. <laughs> anyway, these were made at the same time as droids by a animation studio called Novana. We talked about Nelvana a little bit in our Tardovsky review because he he named one of the planets after Nelvana um, as a nod to these original cartoons. Nelvana is this Canadian animation company. This was an early project for them. We discussed a lot of Nelvana's inner workings in our first season where we covered droids and in our interview with Paul Chatto, who is an actor. In today's episode, he plays Pat Blue. Yeah, yeah, um, the um,
2: which led us to the the one the one one of the um, voice actors um, uh, hating us for I guess for um, for shitting on Novana
0: <laughs> for making fun of Novana, right? Um, yeah, so that that's that's our that's our villain origin story. Yeah. <laughs> Um, so this, this episode was written by um, Paul Dini, and directed by Raymond um, J. Plus, and I just thought at the very very top we can talk about these two guys before we, instead of any actors. Paul Dini is um, a very eclectic writer and producer of cartoons. He wrote on droids and Ewoks, but he also wrote on Pound Puppies, the original Transformers, Jim smurfs he wrote for garbage pail kids wait was there a garbage pail kids cartoon there was whoa okay
2: i only know about the movie and i didn't see the movie but it looked weird i didn't know about the
0: movie
2: okay the movie
0: yeah (laughs) i only knew about the cards oh yeah okay Maybe maybe we should if we if we ever start a Patreon we'll we'll do bonus episodes where we where we review things like garbage Pail kid movie. Anyway, Paul Dina's career continues just hitting all of these cultural touchstones yeah. of the '80s until he gets the early '90s when he wrote Batman the Animated Series. He was the chief writer for the Warner Brothers Batman the Animated Series. Um, this was basically my batman um when i was a kid i don't know if um you watched this series or not um on and off yeah so i watched this with my brother with my oldest younger brother and he and i loved it and it was it was just incredible like i i had I had seen the Adam West Batman because I was raised by television. I'm a latchkey kid who watched probably 10 hours of television a day. Um, mild exaggeration. Um, and I'd watched all of like TV land. TV, like every episode of I Love Lucy, every episode of MASH, every episode of F Troop, like <laughs> Monsters, Adam's Family, Batman, anything that was on TV I would watch. And I I was really systematic about it. And like the way my memory works, I remember all of this shit with pretty high fidelity. And so I could, like, I can sit down and watch an episode of Adam's Family today and tell you what the plot is, right? Just from watching a couple seconds of it. So I watched all of this obsessively. I loved this show. And um, not to bring it down, but Kevin Conroy died. A couple days ago to, to really focus in on when this recording is taking place and he was the actor who played batman um in the animated series so paul dina once he landed on batman this became his career like he wrote for batman for the rest of his life he's still alive but i think he's mostly retired at this point um and uh he did write on because it's a Warner Brothers property, he ended up writing for Animaniacs and Freakazoid and a few other Animaniacs-style, Looney Tunes-style things like Tiny Toons, but really his credits post-Batman are 90% Batman-related. So good for him. It's a wonderful series. I highly recommend it. It's up there with Gargoyles to me as far as like the quality of an animated series goes. Um, the director, Raymond... Do you have any comments about Paul or his work? No, no, I don't. I'm.
2: Um, Is that you texting me? Yeah, I just sent okay. you the trailer to uh, or the IMDb page, the IMDb page with the trailer for the Garbage pill Kids movie.
1: <laughs> because.
2: Because you hate me. Because <laughs> I can't let you sleep soundly at night. Because after seeing this, good good luck getting to sleep you want
0: to stop the show and watch it right now? <laughs> and Mackenzie Aston. Hold on.
2: All right. Now on Blu-ray. Ooh.
3: Once upon a time, or was it more recently there was a young boy named Dodger. He was the sort of child who was always left out of things.
2: He dresses like Michael Jackson, that's why.
3: Each day after school, Dodger works in a junk shop owned by the mysterious Captain Manzini. which is broth and vampires' brew make these clothes as good as new. Dodger has never had a family or a friend he could call his own. Until now. <laughs> What's
1: that? They came out to
3: help us. Meet the Garbage Pail Kid. Starring Nat Nurev. Windy Winston Messy Tessie
1: Give him a chance, Tangerine. You'll like him.
3: Alligator with oh Valerie Bummer.
2: Okay, basically, I, I can't watch anymore. because <laughs> People are going to tune up. Basically, Alligator is like... Um, let's just say doing something that would be problematic in today's environment... <laughs> <laughs> and then the the kid Dodger, he's at one point he's he's getting uh, attacked by a guy in a mesh tank top. So this is very dated. I mean it's all dated, but it's just like
1: <laughs>
2: you can just You get the idea of how bad this is. It's surprisingly yeah. got two point six on IMDB. Out of 10. <laughs>
0: <laughs> All right. Is, if anyone is still listening, <laughs> I think we can probably move on to... Um, I keep clicking on the wrong document. Let's move on <laughs> to um, Raymond. So Raymond Jelfis is the... Sorry, Raymond um, Jaflis is the director... And this guy also is just an animation everything guy. He worked for a writer, he worked as an actor, writer, producer, director on Babar Redwall, um, The Adventures of 1010 Care Bears, Johnny Quest, Inspector Gadget, and Feifel's Western Adventures, and then his most recent work is Paw Patrol. <laughs>
2: All right. We're on which a roll. which
0: is Yeah, I mean that's big in your house. Oh, was big in your yeah, house at one was. point. Yeah. <laughs> They've since moved on. Yes. Shocking! Shocking! Paw Patrol doesn't hold up. Um. um yes, I, I assume they they kill like uh, protesters killed that cop dog.
2: <laughs> no. The, the SNL had a good skit with uh, Oscar Isaac about Paw Patrol. I didn't see it. It's pretty funny because, like, what happens when like Paw Patrol, like, encounters like real crime? <laughs> Ryder's just like, he's just like, uh, and then hangs up. <laughs> and the, the Onion did a story a while ago how Chase, Chase killed Zuma.
0: <laughs> Wait, is the cop is the cop dog called Chase?
2: Yes. Oh. And Suma is the brown Labrador retriever.
0: <laughs> Shit. Oh, all right, <laughs> we gotta we gotta get to this show.
2: <laughs> yes, we have our own dick and fart jokes to make. We can't rely on other people's humor. We're not yeah. we're not hacks.
0: If we're uh, yes, yeah, yeah, we are. <laughs> If we're flagging, if we start flagging and no one's laughing, we're not making each other laugh, just play that trailer again. (laughs) (laughs) All right, so plot summary. Um, It should be noted that this is the very first episode that ever aired, so this is the first time people are seeing these characters at all. Um, So the show opens up at night. Some young Ewoks are walking through the woods with lanterns. Nisha, they don't introduce their names until later in the show, but I'm using their names just for clarity. Nisha notes that it hasn't rained in months, and that there are no aura blossoms left. A quick, one quick go, thing,
2: is it Nisa or
0: Nisha? Oh, you're right. It's Nisa, not Nisha. Nisa, sorry. Yeah. Nisa, Nisa notes it hasn't rained in months, and there are no aura blossoms left. Wicked falls down a hill and finds some aura blossoms, which appear to be just a glowing... Dandelion-like flower. When the Ewok children approach, they realize that they are not Aura blossoms, but Fire Firefolk, which are Wisties. They're like fairies that are flying around, and the Queen of the Wisties are there. This is Queen Isrina. Yeah. So, go. You say the Wisties are, are pretty cool because like we, I, I can talk about this
2: because we had uh, it's in the old episode, but, um, like, um, you could. You got to play uh, as Ewoks in Battlefront uh, Two, and uh, you play it's like this horror night um, thing, where like you're, you're just like there's a bunch of stormtroopers and one Ewok, and then like it's there's so there's twenty people so like nineteen stormtroopers one Ewok and then once you kill a stormtrooper that player becomes an Ewok and you just uh, you just as as stormtroopers die there's more Ewoks. Uh, and the stormtrooper has to make it to the morning um, for extraction. And one of the things is you get wisties to like, you can like throw wisties at them to kind of like confuse them and then stab them or do whatever it is that you need to do uh, to kill them. So right. it's kind of cool seeing, um, uh, seeing them, uh,
0: kind of seeing their origin, I guess. Right. These are. This is the origin of the Wisties. Um, this, ep- this particular episode is their first appearance. Um, and uh, they do appear in a couple of other things later. Um, but they do appear in other, other properties. They're mentioned in books and in, in video games and things. And obviously in the Ewok Hunt and Battlefront 2, um, you get to use them. Um, all right, so so once they realize that the Wisties are the aura flowers, um, they're sort of dancing because Latara is playing a, a tune on her flute for the Wisties, and Wicket bumps into his aunt Fawzi, and she is not happy. She scolds him. She's sort of a matronly, older, middle-aged Ewok, I'd say. She scolds them for dancing with the Wisties instead of looking for oral blossoms, which apparently they only need for decorations, um, which doesn't seem to be a priority, but seems to be very important for, their, for them culturally. And Fozzie tells the young Ewoks to be careful with their lanterns because the forest is so dry, they don't want a forest fire, and they walk off. Um, as they leave, Yuzms, riding giant spiders, which are called Rakazak beasts, arrive and capture the Wisties. Queen Azrina fights back, but is ultimately captured by Morag, an old hag who hates the Ewoks. So this is the setup for the episode. Um, And I was very happy to learn that those were Yuzms, that were writing the Rakazak beasts.
2: Yeah, this is just their uh, day job while their uh, their,
0: uh, jizz music career uh, does not take off. Yeah, not all of them can be Joe Yowza, (laughs) whatever his name is. Yeah. Um, The next morning in Bright Tree Village, Chirpa and Gray are working on a fire suppressant foam in anticipation of a forest fire. They never have to use it. Um, on the walkway, though, Baga, um, she's a munyip, like a donkey creature. She's not munyip, what's the name of that animal? I'm really blowing it. A bordock. Right, a bordock. Um... Yeah, it's it's, um, big and blue, looks like uh, Babe. Right, Babe the Blue Ox. Mm -hmm. Anyway, it's running amok and knocks over Aunt Fozzie again. She's really the slapstick target of this episode. Um, Fozzie's mad because she gets knocked over and falls into a bucket of, or like a basket of fish. And Baga keeps running around until she comes upon Tebow, who calms her down. With some sort of trance, he's able to like, loll animals into submission. They, they capture Baga and drop them into a bath, which is the most appropriate use of water during a drought, is watching your donkey.
2: Oh, just um,
0: FYI, her name's Bazi.
2: Oh, it's a Bazi?
0: Yeah. Oh, okay, my bad.
2: I, all right. I just right. I know it's this Bo-Z. because I, I just happened to have the,
0: the, the, um, the captions on when I was watching right. it. I thought it was weird that, that she'd be called Fozzie. Fozzie, <laughs> all right. I'm not going back and fixing it. I'll just fix it from now on. She's the main character in this episode. Thank you. Um, the kids discuss the hooding ceremony where Tebow's sister will get her hood. This is like a rite of passage for Ewoks. Um, to pass time before the ceremony, Paplo suggests that they play "Drop the Sack," which is a forbidden game. They don't explain what "Drop the Sack" is at this point. Yeah, it could be anything. Sounds very homoerotic, like grab ass. Right. It it could definitely be teabagging. <laughs> right. Um, this is this this is a scene just full of peer pressure, and it peer pressure completely prevails here. Um, and the Ewok kids go off, at least the boys, go off to play this game after they accidentally dump the bath water on Aunt Bozzy. Um, once again, she gets, she's the butt of the joke, she yells, Wicked! And then they, they tear ass out of there. Um, back with Morag and a mountain lair, um, she is taunting the Wistie. Uh, the Yzms deliver a lock. In a net, this is the first appearance of Dulox. Um, this is the Dulox shaman named Umwak. and then Dulox sort of looks like a, a Grinch if a Grinch were skinny and less annoying. But uh, <laughs> I guess Dulox can be pretty annoying. Yeah. We, yeah, we haven't gotten to the annoying, really annoying one yet. Right. Dulox, in the beginning, in this episode, Morag is the, is the villain. She definitely continues to be the villain for a little bit, but the show sort of pivots into Dulox being the real villain. Yeah.
1: But,
2: yeah, it's
0: interesting in this early early version that the Dulox almost seems like doesn't give a shit about the Ewoks at all. Mm-hmm. Sorry, what, what were you going to say? Oh no, it's not important. Okay. Um, the Dulox is there asking Morag for a cure for insect bites. Um, uh, Umwok. Sees the wistie and Morag tells the Dulok her plan to use the wisties to get revenge on Logre and says that they, her and Logre used to be friends. <laughs> With benefits. Um, yeah, so they definitely fucked, right? <laughs> <laughs> like, they, they did some stuff in college that um, she's not over and he's moved on from. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's what's going on here. Something like that. Um, I I'll, So Morag uses this staff that she has to transform the Wisties, the Wisties into a fairy that um, is sort of on fire. And the Ewoks call them fire folk already, but now she is basically really on fire, but not being consumed. Um so we cut back to the Ewoks and Tebow, Wicket, and Paplu are playing Drop the Sack. And Tebow, here's the game. Tebow is wearing a shield with like a target painted on it. And it's basically he's wearing it like a backpack and he's running around and Paplu and Wicket are up in a tree and they're dropping sacks of mud trying to hit Tebow as he runs around. I don't know if there's additional rules or not, but uh, um, that's that's what we see in the game. Um, I actually sort of like this game. I think it's fun. <laughs> yeah, it looks fun. It's like a water balloon fight. Mm-hmm. What did you think of this game? Oh, um,
2: I was um, as a kid, I didn't really play a lot of games where um, ended up like harming my friends, so I wouldn't. But I could, I could see how other people would enjoy it.
0: Yeah, I mean he's wearing a shield, right? So he's, he's, <laughs> it's like basically a turtle shell, right? And you're trying to hit hit the turtle shell. I can see this being a game a kid would play. And this is sort of one of the things. This is one of the things that you get with with a show like this, though, right? Like, but you don't see Ewok. What was that?
2: But why would they forbid it if it's if if it's so? I'm betting it's really not safe. You drop some mud on their head, misses the shield completely.
0: I mean, I I sort of... This is sort of like the Ewok version of lawn darts. (laughs) Sure, someone can get hurt. But, like... Yeah, like, you should follow the rules, right? You should play a game. You should play games that people don't get hurt. We'll just ignore that football exists for the purposes of this conversation. Yeah. Right? But, But you should follow the rules listen to your adults and be responsible and wear a mask when you're in public and sick. Um, if, if that's the recommendation in your area. Like, there's there's reasons to be safe, right? Mm-hmm. This game seems pretty benign, at least the way they're playing it. Maybe there are more extreme versions of it, or maybe if you have... maybe someone did get it. Maybe someone was looking up and took a sack of mud, which is basically a rock to the face. <laughs> <laughs> got a concussion. But my point is, is like when you have a show about Ewoks and you see something mundane that they're doing, it's telling you from like an anthropology point of view about their culture. Right. And you learn a ton of Ewok culture, even in this 20 minute episode, because we have this hooding ceremony. You learn about soul trees. You learn about like these recreational activities they have, like drop the sack and that they're gathering garlands to decorate for this religious ceremony. I, I, this is what we don't get a ton of this in the show because it's for kids, but it feels like good writing mm-hmm. to have to inter- introduce this recreational activity for them. And then, and yet the stakes feel artificial, right? Cause they're like, we're not allowed to play drop the sack. Okay, let's go play. <laughs> um, so Wicket throws a sack and it hits um, aunt Bosie again. Cause she is always in the way this episode um, they try to lie their way out of it. <clears throat> More accurately, Pablo tries to lie his way out of it. But Chirpa figures out that they were playing drop the sack. Um, and now they're all in trouble. I just want to stop right there. And there's
2: something I didn't notice before on her first uh, wash through. Is that how uh, all the... Um, I, the, um, the male Ewoks all have facial hair. That... Um, that uh like chief chirpa has kind of like the big oh he's got the like the, chops he's got like the civil war general beard where it's just like he's got the mutton chops that go up to the beard and but there's no chin kind of like a wolverine sort of thing and like right. um i think pat Plou has like a big um no it's not pat Plou that is it pat
0: Plou that has the big mustache or has he had like the yeah big, he has it he has a big mustache, like a big white mustache. He look makes him look way older. Mhm. Then there's a, there's another one who's like
2: the darker colored one who's got the big black beard. And then like um um sorry, low gray has like big like wise like Fu Manchu kind of mustache.
0: Right. Um <laughs> you you're you know don't sound so thrilled by this. Uh. No, no, I'm, I'm, trying to, I'm trying to figure out who the name of that that black, that darker, dark brown Ewok is, and I can't find him in the. I can't find him in the cast list. Sorry. I mean, I think I think the the facial hair on Pat Blue makes him look way older, honestly, and I think he's supposed to be, like, a young adult, or maybe like a older teenager. But he he looks very old because of his facial hair. But Wicked doesn't have facial hair, right? No,
2: it's like the younger ones. They don't have it. But um, like the older ones, like like the the more adult ones or the actual uh, um, elders actually do have um, do have facial hair. Or at least that their fur is a different color to make it look like they have facial hair.
0: Right, and for in the case of Paplo, I don't think his his hair is actually that different of a color. His facial hair is not that different of a color. But oh no, he is. No, it's like this whole white white scene on his face. All right, I cannot find out who that other Ewok is. Sorry, but oh. we'll figure it out. <laughs> the other thing that I noticed when I was watching this 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 time through, and I I know I had started doing this in our first recording. Is that they're all related? Like this is a very small village, and they're all like cousin, aunt, mom. Mm-hmm. Like almost the entire cast has some sort of genetic bloodline relation with each other, and, and it's fun to like hear them interact in that way. Um, mm-hmm. to understand understand their family makeup. All right, back with Morag. Morag and Umwak are taking the wisty to the edge of a cliff. Umwak gets the bud bike salve he wants from Morag, and she says she owes he owes her a favor, and she chases him off with some energy from her staff. Keep mentioning the staff because it becomes a plot point later. I know we're going to be doing these in, like, pretty broken up, but the staff becomes a very important plot point in a later yeah. episode. Oh, I apologize. That
2: is we- Weechi, who's... You're, you're, you know, uh
0: um Wicket's older brother That's right, it's Wicket's brother um, Right, and they're in the He takes them out to their exile station That we're going to get to in a second Alright, so she releases The, the Wistie, Queen Rena, And she flies off, and when she interacts with other Wisties, she converts them to the fire Kind, and they start setting the Forest on fire. This is a very Interesting infectious disease Sort of pandemic argument not to turn it into work. <laughs> um, the Ewoks are getting punished. The the boy Ewoks are getting punished for playing the game and then lying about it. And while they're sweeping the forest floor to prevent forest fires, um, that is a reference. I see there. They're raking the forest. <laughs> yeah, they're raking the forest to prevent forest fires. Wicket's broom bursts into flames um, and then sets the forest fire or forest floor on fire. Um, Chirpa and Low Gray show up and put the fire out. Um, the boys were unable to, and then the adults assume that the boys started the fire. They swear they did not start the fire. It's been always burning since the world's been turned <laughs> Solid.
2: Right yeah. Back, came around, came out right around the same time too, probably.
0: Yeah. This is, it's a very timely reference. Um, they were sent to an outpost for a punishment. So they're sent to basically an out, a, a forest fire outlook post, while their Wicket has a dream, and the other Ewoks have the same dream. Um, it's very shot in a very cool way, where it's basically red-shifted and sort of blurry. Yeah, I mean, more blurry than the other sections.
2: Was it a dream, or are they just really
0: tripping balls? Yeah, they they <laughs> got some bad mushrooms from the forest floor. <laughs> um, but what they see, they have a vision of trees erupting from the ground and crying and screaming, and the trees grab them a la Wizard of Oz and they're holding the Ewoks and then everybody falls down everyone's jolted awake they all claim they had the same dream and know that the trees are in pain Tebow looks out the window and sees the forest fire and hears the trees screaming which I assume is just the sound of the, the forest burning um, so now the forest is burning and the Ewoks at the outpost head toward the village they head to a tent where Weechi is and they see that it, they see a wisty break in through the tent, and but it's on fire. Wicked puts the wisty out by spraying her with water. And this is Queen Isrina, and they figure out what happened, and they head to the village to warn everybody. Um, so apparently, the way to cure this wisty is to get a, get them wet. <laughs> yeah. So pretty easy solution. So, but they figured it out.
2: Yeah, little did they know that wasn't actually water. That was a uh... Weechi's bucket that he pees into at night.
0: Oh, they were going to say it was like hooch. And they like spray it and she explodes. <laughs> <laughs> and like, Weechi, what was that? <laughs> it's like my sunberry gin. <laughs> <laughs> it's my sunberry brandy. Um, so at the at the village, the hooding ceremony that I talked about earlier in the day is happening. And there's three little baby, they're like toddler-aged Ewoks. And they're all getting... Um, their hoods. This is some sort of baptism ceremony. Um, And they're talking about how Ewoks and trees live together and protect each other. They discuss the existence of life trees, which is when an Ewok is born, a tree is planted um, to commemorate the birth of that Ewok, and it becomes the Ewok's connection to the forest and the moon to cultivate and care for that tree. Um, The younglings put on their hoods, just then Wicket, Tebow, and Weechi show up, and Paplu show up with the news that the forest is burning. The boys are chastised by the elders for interrupting the ceremony. But they have the Wisty Queen with them, and the Wisty Queen tells them that it's true and that Morag was behind it. And um Logre tries tries to hide his boner and <laughs> And says Morag's a real, a real bitch. Yeah. Um, we gotta, gotta, gotta get to the fire. Yep. Pat calls her a hag multiple times. <laughs> yeah, <I mean>, <laughs> thinks the lady doth protest too much.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: the young Iguacs um, are scared for the trees, and they're sort of a throwaway comment that the trees always speak to the young. Um. Ewoks mobilized to fight the forest fire. They're doing this sort of bucket brigade out of the stream. What's up? Oh, nothing. I
2: I had a joke in bad taste. I'm not going to say it.
0: Yeah, that would be, be off-brand for our podcast. <laughs> so the Ewoks are doing this bucket brigade from the river to try to end or try to hold the fire back. And it cuts to some yesms on those giant spiders damming up the river upstream and the river running dry so this was a pretty thorough conspiracy they have going low gray shows up with his fire suppressant foam and they wheel out a catapult to distribute the foam I love this little detail here Um, they start shooting these little packets of foam everywhere and it's working Um, I actually have this toy this catapult toy um, for the Ewoks, um, it's it's a fun little fun little thing. It really does like flick flick these little rubber boulders everywhere. Um, anyway, Murag sees them doing this because she's sort of observing everything happening from her perch in the mountains, and she uses like a wind to redirect some wispies down to destroy the catapult. Um, Wicket uses the foam. ...to extinguish the Wist- Wisties and turn them back into the regular Wisties... ...but the catapult is destroyed. So now they don't have a way to distribute the foam to fight the fire. So Wicket suggests that they use their gliders... Um, ...which was in the movie. The Ewoks have hang gliders. Um, the, the adults don't think this is a good idea because the wind is too strong... Queen Isrina says that the Wisties can help guide them through, um, find them safe paths through the wind. So Wicket and the kids drop foam from their gliders in the very high-stakes game of Drop the Sack.
2: Yeah, which, this is funny. This is, I guess this goes back to you know, pretty much, like, Star Trek, or pretty much some things, in Star Wars, or pretty much anything. It's just, like, don't they have, like, probably, like, like a whole army um, of, like... Um, uh, ewok warriors and probably like some ewok warriors who are very good at uh, at uh, using their gliders and dropping things. Why wouldn't they use them instead of like children because it's, they've established that it's highly dangerous. So why isn't the ewok Air Corps uh, volunteering where instead why are they right. sending out
0: the kids? Right. So the the portrayal of these characters, I'd put them at around like human age seven, seven, eight, something like that, because they're sort of independent, but they're not right. They're old enough to have chores and responsibilities, but they're not old enough to do anything too important. Right. Mm, I'd I'd, say like I'd say I'd uh, say
2: more like 12 or 13.
0: You put them that high.
2: Mm hmm. Okay. Yeah. Having having worked in scouts for a while They're still pretty Kids are They're starting to get Wanting more responsibility But they are still playing Stupid games And getting into trouble Constantly and Still acting like Dumbasses um, Even at that age Not I mean not all of them But there's They still are So I could I could see them As being like preteens. Sure We'll put
0: them We'll put them in like the 10 to 13 range mm-hmm. Right you would never ever ask a child that age to do something as important as control a forest fire. Yeah, no. You wouldn't. You wouldn't put them in charge of a campfire. Right? Yeah, that is that is not a responsibility for a child. Well, but
2: you're right. Yeah, not without like an adult supervision. I mean, because my son knows how to. My, he, um, and not my daughter quite yet, but like my son knows how to, to start a uh, start a fire and manage a fire. But they're not. They're supposed to be. An adult present. So why? It's it's just a plot. But it's like, why does Captain Kirk and then the first officer always beam down to an unknown planet? Because like, then, what happens if they die? Then everybody else is up there is like, okay, what do we do now? Let's go back to Earth. Yeah. <laughs> I guess that's a series wrap. Yeah, the, yeah. Our like all of our leadership, all of our senior leadership just died. So now it's like some. Some poor shithead who's nest in rank, who just happens to like work in engineering or something, now has to take charge.
0: Well, so I, I put these I put these kinds of stories into a category of television that I call kid empowerment. Right? It's it's geared toward an audience of children. Therefore, the kids are the heroes, and the adults don't understand. Right? To quote the Fresh Prince. Right. right? Right, this is like this is the moral of it, right? It's like, don't worry about drop the sack, kids, because there's a reason for it, right? And and you'll save the day one day. And it's a good story for a kid, but yeah, from a plot point of view, you would never do it. Even in a pre-industrial society where specialization isn't really a thing, you would never send a child to do this job. Yeah, yeah, I, I could just see the if it went horribly wrong,
2: the. Uh how much trouble, you know, Low Gray and Chirpa would be in. They'd be... Uh, they'd be... Um, they'd be on a gallows. Like, you sent children to fight the...
0: Um, right. Or they would make up some story about how the children really wanted to. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So Wicket and the kids drop the foam from the gliders. They start to get ahead of the fire... Bazzi is not impressed. And then she learns that the fire has turned toward the soul trees, and they have to stop the fire. And now she gets very upset. Um, some of the wisties are still starting fires, but they're getting extinguished as well, recovering from this curse that they're put on. And then Wicket sees Bazzi trying to shovel dirt onto her soul tree to prevent it from setting on fire. And Wicket drops a bag of foam on her Um, She is pissed until she realizes it saved her tree. And then it's one of those wonderful economy of storytelling where she's like, you little wonderful (laughs) angel who saves me in the day. Thank you so much. Um, That's a very 80s line. Yeah. (laughs) Delivered flawlessly. Yep. So back at Morag... Overlooking this carnage she has wrought, um, she sees the fire go out, and then she sort of threatens the sky, directed at low gray, that she will get her revenge before the Whisties drop a bag of foam on her. And then it starts to rain, and everybody celebrates, even Aunt Bosie. The end.
2: <laughs> All right. Did you like it? Yeah. No, not really. <laughs> It's after it was okay when we were when we hadn't moved on to to um, better stuff, uh, mainly Clone Wars, Bad Batch stuff. But now that now that we're in we're in that, it's really hard to kind of go back. Um, I'm trying to view it from the lens of like, well, they didn't work as hard on cartoons, and cartoons were more just a thing to just sell toys. Um. So I tried, but I still I, I'm glad we did it so we can get through these. But it's I'm not gonna be rewatching it to because there isn't like a, like I don't have like favorite parts of it like I like I
0: do with like episodes of the of Clone Wars or Rolls. Right. Roles. Right. These are low impact. They're, like, there's nothing. There's nothing in this show that impacts the lore of Star Wars in any sort of meaningful way. It is just, I think you you would describe droids once as, as watching, as if you're watching a dream about Star Wars. Yes. Like all the pieces are there, but it doesn't make sense. And this is more of that, right? Like, it's like, oh, Ewoks, that's a thing from Star Wars. Oh, what's happening? What's a Duloc? Who's Morag? Why ain't she? Why ain't she? Why did she and Lowrey fuck? <laughs> like, there's no backstory. It's just like, and they don't. And they actually like spoiler alert. They barely fill it in. They barely explain anything that's going on in this show. It, it's very episodic 1980s mm-hmm. television. Like, there's no, there's no through plot. No real through plot. Episode to episode. And we talk about like how the doolocks change as being like these bumbling idiots that don't care about the Ewoks. To even in a couple episodes. They're the mortal enemies of the Ewoks, and they'll stop at nothing just to, to uh, steal their food and wipe them off the face of the planet, right? Yeah, yeah. But it, the the
2: target audience isn't people who are going to be keeping track of everything. It's just exactly kids you know, in the Saturday morning. They're they're not going to notice that uh, Latara completely changed it's in the second season, to where she just she talks like a. Um, Somebody uh, like a like a like a, a loose woman in a speakeasy
0: from the twenties, right. who's super boy crazy. Right. Um, yeah. So from that point of view, I I would one hundred percent agree that that this thing is is not as impactful as other Star Wars animation. It's not as enjoyable to watch, and it is um, a very strange property. Uh, I did go back not too long ago maybe a couple months at this point and rewatch the first arc of Droids which did have continuity um, at least episode continuity for short arcs and I watched the Thal Jobin racing arc and I actually found that to be pretty enjoyable even though it doesn't impact the greater Star Wars story like we always talk about It was a well-written and well-put-together thing for what it was. The animation suffered, obviously, from the money, time, and style. Because these are hand-drawn acetate cells. I have a whole pile of them Mm -hmm. in a file folder. Um, They're hand-drawn, hand-painted. And so this is a very expensive kind of animation to make. Um, And if they could cut corners, they would. Meaning reuse cells. Um, repaint cells, they would definitely do it. Yeah. Um, and they do it all the time in these shows. And so you would see characters with wrong color hats, <laughs> wrong color fur, wrong color whatever, wrong number of fingers, mm-hmm. right? All the time in these, these shows. And you could make a book just out of the continuity errors, but it's also sort of disrespecting the process in a way that that these were being made very quickly um, for not enough for not enough money. Yeah.
2: There, um, I don't know if you've watched, but the this, uh, latest season of Rick and Morty, uh, season six, there's a whole scene where, um, where uh, Rick talks about um, this, this one thing happening and you can just use, use the same, the same animation over to save money where uh, gives Jerry, Jerry, like a special costume. And it's just like a very anime style where it just all of a sudden just a weird background, and then it's all of a sudden it, this person changes into whatever, um, whether it's kind of like in Pokemon or right or whatever, where they just um, they show the same animation over and over again. So <clears throat> to to cut
0: corners, let well, me not cut corners, but cut the budget. It's a joke. It's a joke in the Itchy and Scratchy episode of The Simpsons, right, where they're walking down the hot ha- the halls of the Itchy and Scratchy Studios, and the and the background is repeating. And, and, and Meyer is explaining that they save money by reusing backgrounds in cartoons over and over and over again. And they walk by the same cleaning lady three times. <laughs> right? It's, 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 a, it's a standard joke. Mm-hmm. But th- that this is the era of animation you're in, right? Obviously, when Lucas, we talked about how expensive Clone Wars was to start. Right? He was spending $50,000 a minute um, building the technology out to do it. And to to film those first seasons of Clone Wars before they had all the models built and everything, but he invented a new, invented and improved a new way to make 3D animation in in computer in CAD, right? So it was worth the investment, and yeah, he made all that money back in spades. But but this is. Early '80s, late '70s, Hanna-Barbera um, style quality animation, where the Transformer, like he's blue in one frame and red in another, yeah, sort of thing. And it's because it's painted by humans, and they're stringing them together in a folder, and taking photographs of each one, right, mm-hmm. on on matte painting backgrounds. So, some of the animation cells that I have are pretty interesting and informative how they work. Um, I have ones that have the pencil sketches, the painted estate cells, and the matte paintings. And I sent you some, didn't I? Yes. Yeah, I did.
2: You sent me one. I uh it's of um Papaloo um wicket and um Natweechi um Whittle, um wrestling. Yeah. And you can tell that they are like the background this is also wanna say back in the, the days of animation where you can tell when some, when an object was going to be something that the characters would interact with,
0: because it was different different shading. It was like a different, it was like shiny or something. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. So they're going to grab that bottle because it doesn't look like the background painting. Yeah. I don't have a whole lot of notes on this one. I just had a couple things. I think I went through most of them already when we we're talking. Um, I'll get my Rush Limbaugh notes over here. <laughs> um, yeah, Munyips are those little flying squirrel things that are in the tree at one point, and they appear in Battlefront and KOTOR. Um, and then my notes from the original recording of this episode basically just says, the festival of Hoods and Soul Trees are basically a form of paganism. The Ewoks practice paganism. <laughs> Um, not sure what my point was there, but I said it. Yeah. Was... And then Yuzm's Yozzums are in Return of the Jedi, as we discussed, but they're also discussed in *Kobe and the Star Hunters*, um, which we record. That's from *Droids*, and we did record an episode of that a thousand years ago. Mm-hmm. Sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off.
2: No, that's okay. All right, so um, shall we rate the episode?
0: Uh, sure. I don't
2: have one picked, so you go first. Okay, well, I've got one picked because I used the same one that I did four years ago when we recorded it. God, it's been so long. Okay, so uh, we rate episodes based on a Star Wars character. A really great episode will be a Luke, Leia, Han, Chewie, Vader, etc. A really bad episode would be something like um, Barga or... Or whoever uh, Wilfred Brimley
0: played in Caravan of Courage. Nice. <laughs> that uh, that'll be our Patreon. That'll be our Patreon episodes. Just watching <laughs> Caravan of Courage. <laughs> yeah. It's just us getting super drunk and then
2: constantly vomiting. <laughs> we'll take we'll do we'll take shrooms right before. They're scary to look at. The eyes don't look right. But anyways, yeah. so. That is how we rate an episode. So, uh, since I'm going first, I rated this rated this episode a Wonka. Who is an Ewok? He is the Ewok who brushes Chewie's hair in Return of the Jedi when they take control of the ATST
0: after the Tarzan scream. Mm-hmm. Nice.
2: Yeah is it's like is this kind of he's there? It's kind of funny, but it's just like,, eh. I forget about him a few minutes later because like once um, once Chewie reveals himself to Han, like I no longer care about him. I don't
0: care a lot about any of those ewoks that were in there with chewie. Um, okay, that's a good pick. Um, I'm also going to pick an ewok and I'm gonna pick um, Chuck a Trock because I like the name. Um, but that is the one of the characters from Caravan of Courage and Ewok Adventure who goes on the quest. Um, and he is one of the warriors. And I picked him because, um, much like this episode and series, he is an unknown character with no backstory, no explanation of what he's doing. And if you don't know about him, that's fine. If you know about him, it's also fine. It's just, this episode is... I don't know. I'm sort of with two minds. If you want to introduce a crappy kids Care Bears in space sort of thing, it's fine, right? It's not any worse, in my opinion, than any episode of The Smurfs. But if you want to hold it to a standard of it being part of like the Star Wars universe, it just none of this makes sense to it. And it's fine. It's it's like it's like a Visions episode or. Um, a weird comic book from the dark times, where it's like, oh, like, or it's the lugub- the mo- moat, right? It's a flea on Slacious Crumb's head that thinks he has the force. You know, <laughs> it doesn't have to. It doesn't all have to be perfect. It makes sense and be good. It's entertaining Star Wars, and it exists, and it's from it's from a time period where they had no idea what they're going to do next right mhm so they're testing the waters here and it didn't last they, these these shows did not last um, but it's part of the, the part of the history of it and so i really appreciate it for that so chuck the truck well, The chuck ewok chuck like chuck the truck yeah it's chuck ha truck so, C-H-U-K-H-A-T-R-O-K. Chuck Huttruck. So, yeah. <clears throat> Since I mispronounced Bozzy a thousand times, I fi- figured I'd pick the worst pronunciation for an Ewok.
2: Uh, oh,
0: wait, I just came across
2: it. That
0: is a funky name. Yeah, he's the one with, like, the, with like the thing on his... Like, the sticks on his... Chest like armor.
2: Oh, 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 yeah! I know who he is. But he, oh my God, he's one of the screwy-looking, scary ones. Yeah, he's
0: got like dead eyes. Yeah. Holy crap! <laughs> he does appear in a later episode of Ewoks, the cartoon, too. Yeah, he, he's he, sort, of, sort of a weirdo. Yeah, he looks um,
2: a lot less scary and um, nightmare. <laughs> nightmare fuel than he does in, in, the, in the Caravan of Courage.
0: Yeah. Yeah, the, for, there's a there's an I, can, uh, I assume you're looking at a photo of him right now with the dead eyes.
2: Yes. All
0: right. All right, so normally at this point we would roll a 20-sided die to determine what we're going to watch next, but Tales of the Jedi came out a couple weeks ago, and I think the next few episodes we're just going to be going over that. Um, once we get through tales of the jedi uh, we will return to our regularly scheduled programs or pick up bad batch because bad batch is coming out in january which is a couple months away um so we'll see if we can catch up and do bad batch in real time like we did last time um do you have anything else jamie i do not all right you want to play us out all right here we go
3: thank you for downloading and listening to this episode We would also like to thank Jordan White for the use of his cover of Yub Note as our intro and outro music. Please refer to the show notes for photos, clips, and links from this episode. Side effects from listening to YubCast may include dizziness, dry mouth, a sense of confusion, and decreased sex drive. Serious side effects may include speaking in Ewok, speculating the origins of prequel characters, and wondering why two grown men discuss children's cartoons on the internet. For a complete list of Side effects or to complain about the show, please visit us on Twitter at Yubcast or drop us an email at productions at gmail.com. Thanks again. We will see you again next week with a new episode. Yubcast is not affiliated with Lucasfilm or the Walt Disney Company. Star Wars, its characters, and creations are the property of Lucasfilm and its parent company, the Walt Disney Company. Yubcast is intended for entertainment and informational purposes. only.
1: Coachy you to do ya to no. do ya ya hallelujah 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 <laughs>